What you doing to me? This MTV is not for free. It's so PC is killing me. So desperately I'll sing the other love. Shove it off so raging, hating, pain and fear itself. And I can't keep these feelings on the shelf. I've tried. Well, no doubt I lied. It'd be frank with suicide. But I got too much pride inside your hide. Or side. I'll do as I'll decide. And let it ride until I die. And only then shall I abide. This try to catch little tunes. I've hit three minute ditties. I wanna bust all your balloons. I wanna burn all of this. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And camp is over, which means the 53-man roster has been uh, finalized, even though it's never going to be finalized until the season's over. And the Giants traded for Boogie Basham. Uh, I even want to talk a little bit about Jihad Ward and Aaron Rodgers and the reaction to some of that stuff. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, ready for September 10th. Uh, kind of taking the, the little bit of a weekend to digress um i'm not i'm not even taking the weekend i actually have a lot of plans during the weekend um maybe doing something saturday morning i'm going to be calling a high school game saturday afternoon which is which is very fun so taking the end of this week to take a breath i'm in atlantic city right now one of the greatest cities in the world i'm up 30 dollars and we're going to talk about 53 men roster kind of boring compared to last year and i think that's a better sign for the direction of the giants because the 53, we knew this kind of coming in, the 53-man roster would mostly be set. No waiver claims by the Giants. Yeah, no, well, they, they did make a claim, but they weren't awarded oh, any. So, but in, in recent years, it's been very active. But at the same time, I do think it's been just as active as other years, but they did it through trades. Isaiah Simmons for the seventh. Right. And, you know, which happened a, a week ago at this point, And then Boogie Basham for this uh, the sixth and seventh uh, pick swap with the bill. So I, I think they kind of went and did that their stuff that they wanted to do because they were down on the waiver claim for the first time since 2017, you know, where you how many guys were there last year that they claimed? Five. Four? Five, yeah. So four I mean, initially, two- and then Tyree Phillips after Blake Martinez was cut. So you had Tyree Phillips, Jack Anderson, Nick McLeod, Justin Lane, and then Jason Pinnock, who we rightfully were like, hey, this is the one that has some talent in there. And then the year before, they did a Bredesen trade, the Billy Price trade, and then uh, claimed uh, Quincy Roche, too, which was nice to see. Justin, before we get into Boogie Bashman, break down his game and this trade and all that stuff, the Gi- this episode is brought to you by some special people. Greg Giants Tent, just that's his name. I like it. It's simple. Let's go. And then Josh Boyer, who the, the currency that he pays with is just a dollar sign, so I'm not sure what that is. But he's related um, to Clint Boyer. I don't know what country he's from. I'm, go- I'm about to send him a message asking. He's related to Clint Boyer. Did you know that? Yes. Yes. I did know that, actually. These wonderful people went to patreon.com slash talking giants. Uh, we're recording at a uh, 2.45 on a Thursday afternoon. We got like 25 people in here hanging out with us, analyzing, breaking down this 53-man roster. You don't want to miss it. Patreon.com slash talking giants. Bobby Skinner will also have some shirt raffles that happen a couple times a month, and he'll send you some stickers when you sign up. Thanks for our There's patrons. There's also love you. one more perk. That's- Whoa. Because it's the season. Our preview pod, we will be pulling Patreon members to represent the listeners on the preview pod uh, yes. for the for the spread pick segment. So yes, that's very big. That's worth maybe a million dollars. Yes, Justin, the Giants made a trade. 
they traded for Boogie Basham, the defensive end from the Buffalo Bills, who was a second-round pick for them. Who I guess Joe Shane had a big part of that process of of you know getting him was the first scout, you know, first person of the Bills that he met with. Yeah, according to Boogie, um, which part of me is like, ooh, that wasn't a great second-round pick, Joe Shane. But <laughs> but you know what, he got him here. They traded their sixth-round pick in 2025 for Boogie Basham in the Bills' seventh-round pick, which I'm very glad that's what the pick swap was. I was very, I, I didn't want it to be like a, a fourth and a fifth or even a fifth and sixth. It being a seventh and sixth really makes me like this trade because the Giants needed edge depth, right? And listen, I didn't think they were going to go out and add some type of pass rusher edge depth, but we've been saying like there's has to be better run defenders out there because they right now they have pass rushers who don't defend the run outside out after Jihad Ward. And so O'Shane Zimenez gets cut. They go after Boogie Basham, who that is what he does, Justin. He doesn't add to you very much as a pass rusher, despite the fact that he has a great RAS score. He just doesn't get off the ball very fast. He has no bend around the corner. Like every sack he's had in the NFL, which is only four and a half, has been a true coverage sack, which you guys know me. I hate that term. I think it's misused all the time, but these were true coverage sacks that all he got. But he is strong and he's big. You know, he's six foot three, 280 pounds. He's one of the bigger ends that you're going to get. We can just see if they let him put his hand in the ground a little bit because he was in a in an even front in Buffalo. He's a good run defender, Justin. Like there's no, there's really no moving him. He sets a good edge, even though I think he can be more consistent and squeezing down the edge instead of just setting one. You know, he's good in pursuit plays. He's got good eyes to make plays from the backside and and you know go make tackles two or three yards down the field. You know, if he's getting pulled at, there's really good stuff of him like knowing when to lever, when to spill, when to you know take it on, when to try and avoid it. And there's some interior versatility too, which I know Wink Martindale likes. So again, the Giants, I did not want to have O'Shane Zimenez out there getting moved in off in the run game, and the Giants need to get better as a run defense. They desperately need to do that. They could not have a repeat of what last year was. So at least if Kayvon or Aziz were to go down, you could put in Boogie Basham or Jihad Ward, and those guys can at least be good run defenders, and they're not going to give you much pass rush value. And, you know, Wink Martindale knows I'm going to simulate some of this stuff and I'm going to get these guys free rushes at the quarterback. So he's not going to be asked to work the corner. Sorry, yeah. I just went for a while, like, talking about that. Well, no, no. I mean, I, I two quick things, basically, to summarize this. Number one, Boogie Basham is an upgrade over O'Shane Zimenez. Number one. Absolutely. And, and he's not a great player, but he's a big upgrade over O'Shane Zimenez. And number two... Boogie Basham is basically just a younger Jihad Ward. And I think he needs to embrace that, Justin. I think he can be a better player than Jihad Ward in the NFL if he embraces that. Because you see as a pass rusher, he's kind of trying to work hand moves and work the corner, and it's just not there for him. It's just not It's just not there for him. And he, he does do a spin move, which isn't bad. I was actually talking with Anthony, uh, who covers the Bills for cover one, and he's like, yeah, his first year he did it a lot, and it was kind of like a meme. Like, all he would do was try and work this spin move. You're not going to see – hopefully we don't see that used a ton. But if he would kind of embrace what he is and just, hey, I'm going to be a power guy. I'm going to be a power guy, and that's what I'm going to do. I think he can – like, that's where he can improve. And then obviously just as he matures as a, you know, human being and, and a, you know, as gets stronger and bigger – it can lead to having a, a successful career in the NFL, even though it's not going to not going to live up to the second round pick that he was picked with out of Wake Forest. And this is a conversation that we've had for for years, Bobby, and something that Andrew Thomas has realized as a, a tackle as well. That so many guys want to be speed guys, so many edge rushers want to beat you around the corner, 
and Andrew Thomas is a guy that invites the bull rush. Boogie Basham, man, you're almost the same size as, as Jihad Ward. Dalton Feely, uh, our, our football guy at uh, you know John Boy Media right now, our researcher, we were having a conversation about Boogie and being like, he's definitely bigger than Jihad Ward. And like, no, he's not. He's actually, they're close to around the same size, but Boogie Basham is a little bit lighter. So like, lean into it, like you said, like be, if you're not going to be a guy that's fast, don't try and use your hands and work moves that's going to try and beat beat a guy around the corner because that's not who you are. So live by your MO, use power, use those legs. Hey, even add a few pounds, get up to Jihad Ward's big. Jihad Ward's almost 290 pounds, and I think Boogie's around like 274 to 280 and what, and what he's listed. So yeah, definitely a clear upgrade over O'Shane Zimenez. And like you said, I, Wink Martindale is going to rely on manufacturing pressure over, besides Kayvon and Aziz, like, the, the guy's just flat out winning. And he was also going to rely on these interior guys a lot too. Yeah, and it's it just, one, he's here to help stop the run because the Giants could not do that last year. And a part of that was bad edge setting because when O'Shane Zimmer is on the field, he gets moved off the spot. And they just couldn't, they couldn't do, they could not roll him out there as their fourth guy. Like, even, we were even saying Tamon Fox over him, but in Tamon Fox, both, both O'Shane and, and Fox are on the practice squad after being cut. But it's like, Fox is a guy who's going to have these good plays because he rushes with a plan. Like, he's kind of somebody he's not. He doesn't have, like, the great NFL build to stop the run, and he doesn't have the explosiveness to be a Timon great Timon is rusher. big effort. Timon Fox is a big effort player where well, he's, he's going to— He's a high IQ football player. Yeah, he knows, he knows yeah. how to play the position. You know, and that's why he had so much success at UNC, getting, you know, double-digit sacks a few times. But it's like the NFL, it's a lot more about, you know, how are you as an athlete? Yeah. How strong and big are you? And Boogie Basham— <laughs> like fills into the big and strong role um and like if I said, you get like a front, he does play like jihad ward if you get a front four of boogie jihad ward on the edge with dex and leo in the interior or you know you take leo out and you put a sean robinson in there that's got to be one of the biggest front fours in the league right i'm excited to see the giants run defense this year yeah like, there's some size there's some depth now I really am excited to see them play run defense. You add Okereke, um, I'm, I'm very excited to see Giants run defense this year. Yeah. The Giants did try to claim a player, Nick Broker, the offensive lineman out of Ole Miss, rookie, the Bills drafted in the seventh round. He actually had the most claims on him. He ended up going to the Texans, who were second in the waiver wire. Oh, he was really bad. I just remember, he, he I think he was one of the worst linemen at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, his film was better in real life than this year. He actually re- reminded me of Mark Lewinsky, which is a bad thing, but also a good thing if you're a seventh rounder. So, I mean, they don't add any new offensive alignment to the roster. We'll talk about practice squad later. Justin, I know offensive line depth is something that a lot of teams around the league talk about, right? Because there's there's not a lot of good offensive alignment. Like, it's a the difference between starters and backups is a huge, wide margin. But, man, for the Giants, it feels bad. I mean, right now your backups are Matt Parrott, assumedly Josh Zudu, McKeithen, who just, you know, he's played one, you know, a little bit like, you know, a couple series after missing a whole year, come off torn ACL, and more of just being on the roster because they drafted him. And then Shane Lemieux made it. Now, if, if, some, if the Giants do add anybody throughout the season, I think Shane Lemieux is the first person that's probably – you know, set to be cut. Like if they did, if they were awarded Nick Brocker, they probably would have cut Shane Lemieux because Lemieux had a good preseason, but it's like, it's kind of late in the, in the run. And we got to like, he been, he's been bad and hasn't played and been injured. 
it is at a point and Tyree Phillips was cut too he's back on the practice squad but he was having a really bad camp before getting injured and didn't play in any of the preseason games let alone Evan Neal Justin but if if Matt if Andrew Thomas gets injured like you're screwed I mean I think you're you're saying that regardless of whether or not what the depth looks like right yeah but man Parrott looked really bad in the preseason Really, really bad in the preseason. I'm way so, more yeah. concerned about swing tackle than I am about the interior. Me too, because you have at least you have like the rotation of the three guys in there. And look, even if it even if it gets down to a point where Shane Lemieux's in there, Shane Lemieux has NFL experience. It's been the it's been the health that we've been worried about year in and year out with, with Shane Lemieux. So if Shane Lemieux is our last line of defense, uh, you know, on the interior out of the realistic guys, I'm not counting Mark, uh, Marcus McKeithen as a realistic option right now. If he's the last line of defense with the interior, then I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that is not the worst thing in the world, but tackle is at that dire spot. Yeah. And I, for some reason there's, and maybe I fell into this in the season that like this Rosie, like, Oh, Tyree Phillips wasn't that bad, but he actually was, he just wasn't, quite as bad as Evan Neal like he was you know bottom five in the NFL and pass blocking efficiency he was he was Tyree Phillips was a fine swing tackle last year I kind of I kind of evaluated as and because uh, as Giants fans I feel like we're we're just brainwashed to think this are you a flat-out disaster at offensive line or are you not a flat-out disaster if you're not a flat-out disaster when maybe you're expected to that's a win and that's a success (laughs) Matt Parrott was clearly outperforming him in training camp and then Phillips got injured and Parrot in that and Jets that preseason game. That Jets preseason game was just an ass kicking on Matt Parrot. And yeah. it's, it's please God let Andrew Thomas stay healthy. Just because one, he's an amazing player, but man, it's like you don't you got this is this is why you draft offensive linemen every year. Yep. And this is why I hope that they draft offensive linemen every single year. Because you kinda gotta build, let guys develop and turn it into something because they are in a bad bad spot with their depth right now and i know it can be i know there's a lot of teams around the league talking about it right now but i don't give a damn because i i cover this team i I root for this team and if a tackle goes down we're in we're in rough shape yep i want to talk about DraftKings because i love them so much college football fans are you ready for week one DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code WORLD. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD. Make sure you use the right code, people. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See uh, ccdkng.co slash football for eligibility mm. terms and responsibility gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Somebody on Twitter just claimed for me to be a liar, and I proved to them that I'm not a liar, so I win. About what? 
Somebody, somebody was having a conversation about uh, Saquon Barkley and the receiving game. Um, somebody said Saquon had a negative average depth of target last year. Person replied, no, he didn't. And then the person said, then Justin Pennock lied to all of us. And then the other person said, I trust Mr. Pennock. He's probably right. And I'm like, I am right. So don't call me a liar. I'm looking at your tweets and replies and I don't see it. I just tweeted out the reply right now. I took a screenshot of the Pro Football Reference page as you were reading the ad. Not a liar. I would never lie to you. Unless I accidentally lie, which happens all the time. No, he didn't. <laughs> so confident. Before we talk about Wandale Robinson getting off the pup and stuff. Yeah. Do you like, are you like, damn the Jets. I can't wait for Now, I, I think there's always some fun when it's the in New York thing, even if it's not like this bitter rivalry. But. Jihad War, so that if you didn't watch Hard Knocks, I don't know if you did, Justin, that the Randall Cobb had the play where he blind, like didn't fully blind, so but gave gave Bobby McCain a concussion. And remember when I said Jihad Ward came through on the microphone of the referee? That was Jihad Ward being pissed and being like, "I'm staying in the whole drive." So Jihad Ward was kind of just going like, ball was out and was like just going and giving pushes to Aaron Rodgers every opportunity that he got. And then Rodgers, uh, you know, pushed him back and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, after the touchdown, they got into it. And Aaron Rodgers did the I don't know who you are thing. The reaction to that has been kind of, I mean, we had some fun with it. The idea that this is some huge rivalry, and that's just kind of football. Like, that was, that's trash talk. And it was a good trash talk line by Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully, he, if he doesn't pull that all the time, it's a good trash talk. If he just does that for every who's not a star i think he i think he pulls that all the time yeah if it does it all the time it's lame i think it's the first time he did it with the jets so it was cool and then he's gonna the cameras are gonna be off with hard knocks and he's gonna do it again and he's gonna do it again because that's the type of person aaron Rodgers is yeah so if he does it all the time it's lame but if he does it every once in a blue moon it's all right and then you, we had like the fan bases, the Jalen Hyatt versus Sauce Gardner thing. Oh which my we, god! That was can very we just annoying. watch appreciate? Like, I, I was at a point. I'm like, can Jets we fans just took that as an offense, and it was more a compliment. No. It was like Jalen Hyatt played five snap passing plays. One of them he beat Sauce Gardner pretty quickly. No matter this, like we're not celebrating a stat line. We are evaluating our young player, and that's a really exciting thing to be evaluated by. So Jets fans are a little on edge, which hey, all fan bases are. Our, our fan base can probably be annoying it's like and they should like be our fan base's reaction to the peter schrager saying isaiah simmons isn't that great that was like a, he's he's right like uh, the the reaction to league wide about isaiah simmons was like he's this great player he's not right now hopefully he can grow into something pretty good but now the media is asking them all like oh he's he, Aaron rogers called it jet life which is like of course he called it jet life he's a jets player he plays in the stadium they even asked Shep. They even asked Shep that. Yeah, and. they're asking all these guys questions, and they're answering, and they're trying to turn this into this rivalry. And I just don't think it is. I think it's Jihad Ward is mad about the um, the mob, the Bobby McCain play, and that's essentially it. Yeah, like, they're trying to create this rivalry that's just I just don't think is there. Like yeah. I've seen, like there's bad blood. It's like yeah, well. There's bad blood between basically every team yeah. that lines up on Sundays. If if there if there wasn't hard knocks and cameras weren't following them and the, and, it, and it's not mic'd up, then this oh, yeah, is nothing. This isn't a thing. And then the only thing we would have is is Jalen Hyatt over Sauce Gardner. I mean that that's the only that's the only kind of conversation would be happening. I I just think that 
I'm just really excited to play them because there is hype behind them. And I don't really like Aaron Rodgers, as we've I very much have made clear on this podcast throughout the years. Um, I think he's a choke artist. I think I think when it matters and the lights are on, uh, he doesn't play up to the level that he's really expected to, even with those Packers teams, whatever, if they weren't built right, I don't really care. So that's why I want to beat him. And that's where I think the rivalry exists, is that the New York there are two New York teams that are relevant right now. Um, and I think when it comes down to it, you want to be the team that wins. But I also think Jihad Ward is the type of player just kind of seeing he's an intense dude, he's a wild dude, he's an angry dude on the football field. I think Jihad Ward is the kind of guy that needs something on the football field to get pissed at, to want to just go out there and rip someone's head off. And I think that would, and that blindside hit on Bobby McCain was like the reason that, okay, I want to stay in this drive and get after the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, it was just like I was the headlines out of like it's like okay, like it's like that was very basic trash talk on an NFL on an NFL field. Like, well, Hard Knocks, more- Hard Knocks has become a very basic show where it doesn't. I, I mean, I don't know if this is just you know something that gets old and something that gets repeated just just gets old. I feel like Hard Knocks used to be better. I feel like it used to do a better job at highlighting even some of the players on the roster that nobody had a clue about. This entire summer has just been a Aaron Rodgers propaganda film, which is great for Jets fans, and it's a great storyline for the NFL, and this is, I guess, what the NFL wants from Hard Knocks this summer with the Jets, but yeah, I, it's it's boring, and that's honestly what this past week was. Oh, it's just Aaron Rodgers being like, I don't know who you are, bro. Oh, okay, cool. So, Yeah, so I just... It's I, it's kind of been crazy. Yeah. Like I've never. It's been the weirdest like post preseason game reaction I've or the most like I was like wow this is we do this every year with you guys Jets like what what I've never had this reaction. I, well, because it's hard knocks. Hard, hard knocks had the mics and the cameras yeah. and it was and it was aired on it was aired on TV and the fact that it was Aaron Rodgers' first drive out there they had to capitalize on it. So like I said, I'm just excited to play them because they have so much hype around them. I do legitimately think the Giants are a team that is closer to the champion to a championship than the Jets, and you can you know you say that I am crazy for saying that. I do legitimately believe that, um, and I want this October, whenever we play them, Giants home game. I want to prove that. I want to beat them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean there. So there's like there's always like a little tiny rivalry, but there's not a real rivalry. It's kind of like the Nets and the Knicks, where it's like, yeah, you guys care about like having the bragging rights, but it's not. It's not like Yankees Red Sox or something. Um, not even Yankees Mets. Yeah, like Yankees Mets is actually kind of a decent little rivalry. All right, Justin, Wandale Robinson was activated off the pup list, which is something we uh, talk about. It's like Joe Shane didn't say that for no reason. He tore his ACL nine months ago. It's going to be really interesting to see, maybe not even the beginning of the season, Justin, but as the season goes along, what Wandale Robinson's role is. And now injuries, a lot of times, answer these questions for us, and these end up being wasted conversations. But there is essentially four wide receivers ahead of him in snapshare, right? Where it's like Hodgins, Slayton, and, and Paris are, are starters. And then Jalen Hyatt, like Jalen Hyatt's had a good enough camp in preseason where it's like he's going to force him his way onto the on the field, and it's what happens with Wandale. So I I think they should take it slow and give him a role, and then kind of at the end of the year evaluate like what do we think of Wandale Robinson because he like he is their highest he is their highest draft investment that wasn't a first round pick in Wandale Robinson. 
higher investment than John Michael Schmitz. It's it's going to be interesting to see what the thought process is on him at the end of the season. If Cole Beasley was healthy, he would have made the 53-man roster. And then that would have been seven wide receivers. They have six right now. Definitely thought they were going to carry seven. Even though um, Cole Beasley's on the practice squad, I'm just counting him as part of their roster. He's a part of this team. He's going to play. But he's not right now, and that inevitably does change. Well, I with think practice the, squad elevations, I, th- I think he will be elevated week one. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, it also depends what his injury is and how long it will take him to actually heal from it since we don't really have a lot of clarity on that either. But if... Cole Be- Let's just say Cole Beasley was, is healthy, was healthy, is on the 53. The Giants are carrying seven wide receivers. I think that would have led a path where Wandale could have been a game day inactive, where it, you know the first couple games of the season, let's continue to rehab, come back and practice, and it's like a ramp and it's a ramp up period, like a legit ramp up period. I still think like there will be a ramp up period for Wandale, but I think he's playing week one, and I think he can see some significant snaps because really there's. Paris Campbell, and then Wandell Robinson. If we're talking true slot wide receivers, yeah, yes, Shep's but, an outside wide receiver. He's true. Shep, he's he's only played on the outside in camp. He's a backup outside receiver. Yeah, and and Hyatt can go in the slot, but again, that's only in certain situations. You're not going to be asking Jalen Hyatt or really any of these other receivers that could line up in the slot to do the things that slot wide receivers kind of do. So it's Paris Campbell and Wandell Robinson. I, I don't think Wandell Robinson is going to be like scratched uh, on game day week one, unless basically Cole Beasley is ready to rock and roll. He, Cole Beasley can be elevated, and then maybe they 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 give Wanda Robinson the inactive label week one. Well, I don't even want to talk about like his week one role right now because I'm because you have the the injury stuff. I want to talk about like end of year. Let's say everyone's healthy. Oh, okay, what is kind of the the role for him? Because there's we all talk about a rotation, but there's not all that many snaps to rotate and guess what they want to do a lot of two tight end stuff too right they're gonna be rolling into a lot of 12 personnel and you have paris campbell who is ahead of him on the depth chart flat out you have you know slayton and hodgins who are uh, are you're gonna be starting and jalen hyatt rotating in and even shep's gonna rotate in a little bit too it's just a lot of reps to go around and to me it'd be like take take it slow with wandale we'll evaluate his film at the end of the season and that will help us make a decision going forward because if Campbell has another good year you can you can you can like I can see that if, if at the end of the year they they are happy with what Wandale Robinson looks on the field even if he's not having the best stats because he's not playing a ton but they're like we like this you can let a Paris Campbell walk after a successful year and just be like okay now it's time it's time to go with Wandale it's year three you are this is your role take it and go but if he doesn't look great I could see hindering his future a little bit Giants ran out of 11 personnel 66% of the time last year. Do you think that will increase or decrease? I think it may increase or stay the same. I don't think, I think it's, it's going to go down. I think it's going to stay around the same because they want yeah. to – They want. That was a lot, that's a lot of 12 personnel. I, 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 18% of the time was 12 personnel. So I, they'll probably increase on 12 personnel, but yeah, I, I think it'll stay the same. Yeah, what, I think it. I think it'll stay the same because there was a period of time towards the middle part of the year, and I can maybe, I can narrow these weeks. Let's uh, what week were we? What week was the Bears game? Three or four. So let's just go week week three to week nine because that was like a big Giants. We're running the ball time. 
Um, so let's see the uptick in 12 personnel during that because that was Tanner Hudson. All right, so it went 11 personnel in weeks three to nine, went down to 57%, 12% was 23%, and then 13 personnel was 8%, which is crazy. That's 31% with two, two or more tight ends on the field. Um, so it's definitely not going to be that high because this this is going to be an offense that is going to, they're, they're going to spread it out. Like, even if they're in, it's so crazy. We even saw this preseason, even when they're in like a heavy running formation and 13 personnel, we've seen them in camp be like, all right, we're going to put all three of these tight ends like out wide and here we go. <laughs> so yeah, kind of crazy. I think they're still going to run a lot of 12 with Waller yeah, and Bellinger. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it could be 12 in multiple different ways. This is what we talked about after the Panthers game. It could be 12 in multiple different ways where your Waller's out wide and Bellinger's in the backfield or Be- uh, Waller has his hand to the dirt and Bellinger's lined up as an H-back. So there's a lot of different things that they can do with that. And I would say like there is a much to kind of put a bow on this conversation, bring it back to Wandale, much clearer role for a guy like Daniel Bellinger in this offense because he's versatile and can do multiple different things versus a guy like Wandale Robinson where he kind of feels like he needs to be pigeonholed and he needs to kind of be given like those manufactured stuff this year. What do you think of Jalen Hyatt changing the number 13? I think it's crazy. That's bold. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, like David Sills and Dante Pettis and whatever. Who, who had it before that? Who was the first person to do it? You should oh. know this. You were at games. Reggie? I think you were, might have even been around his family. Reggie White? No, Reggie not, White. Re- Reggie White Reggie Jr. White. Okay, cool. Not the Reggie White, but yeah, yeah. Reggie White. Yeah. I think he was a Monmouth County college, right? Yeah. Local um, guy. I remember people being pissed when he showed up to uh, rookie minicamp with that jersey number on. Um, so, like, those guys, to me, it means nothing. Like, Odell, the number 13 shouldn't be retired. Like, if you think so, you're. I think you're out of your mind, and I think you're just – you are way too much of a fanboy of Odell. He played in one playoff game, and he choked. He doesn't have, deserve to have his jersey retired, and he left on bad terms. But Hyatt, who has a big profile rookie, you know, or was, you know, wide receiver of the year in college, him taking 13 is bold, and I kind of love it. And also, it was very underreported that – Hyatt has said on multiple occasions that the receiver that he liked most growing up was Odell. I feel like that would be something that would totally be ran with, uh, like the second that after he was drafted, that those clips would be circulating online and they would since go viral. He was drafted by the Giants. He's kind of tampered it a little bit because Hyatt knows the way people run with it. Not the combine. Like, he said it though. Yep, yeah, that was before he was on the Giants. Yeah. So, but like, so they asked him. The media asked him was like, was there anyone? You, uh, other than your teammates that you talk to, like begging him to begging him to be like, yeah, I talked to Odell. He's like, no, just teammates, you know. And then finally they're like, but what about Odell? And he's like, no, I didn't talk to him, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely thought about it, you know. He's like, but I want to make my own. Le-. So I think he's tampering down because he understands. Like, but that was that was bold, and I like it. It looks good on him. That was the only other other number that I would have liked to have him other than eighty four. Yeah, I I kind of like because eleven's retired. I kind of liked 84. Catch a touchdown against the Cowboys week one, and I'm going to really like 13 too. You know what's evil, though? Like, this is just straight up evil. Taking David Sills' number, number one, and then number two, knowing that he's Daniel Jones' best friend, just taking his fucking locker when it's not when it's not even cold. It's still Can warm. Can you believe Sills left? No, it's I I was a lot sadder than I thought I, w- I would be. I cannot believe he went left to go to another practice squad. So so let's just, he made the decision. Like, he, he could have signed with the Giants practice squad. 
he made the decision to go to the Broncos, right? You would assume so. That's tough. I mean, the Broncos also have only three active wide receivers on the yeah, roster think, right now. I think Seals wants to play. Like, you yeah. we forget, like, as much as we joke about Seals, like, he does want to play. And he was on an active roster all of last year, or most of last year. So if the Broncos, if the Broncos have maybe two, two to three wide receivers on their practice squad, like David Sills could, and I think Jerry Judy's even hurt. So David Sills may actually play on the Denver Broncos. Yeah, yeah, and we've. I just I always assumed he'd be for the rest of his life. Like Daniel Jones would have a retirement speech, and David Sills would also retire, but he would spend every year on the Giants on a futures contract, follow Daniel Jones around be a star in preseason get cut and then join the pre- I thought he just would that would be the rest of he'd be doing that till he's 34 years old Daniel Jones in his retirement speech mentions David Sills and then when Tom so it's it's so remember the Tom Coughlin retirement speech where Eli Manning and his bottom lip is quivering because he's crying yeah Sills, it, it that would, would be Sills it would be Daniel Jones and then cut to David Sills in the crowd Daniel Jones says David Sills I love you man and then you see the bottom lip quivering and that's that that's my vision that Coughlin speech man like if I watch it right now it still gets me emotional it's not you he thinks it's him. He's like, oh, dude, just saying those words to myself, it it like gets me like emotional. And then and then uh, you evil know, by Hyatt though. That was that was evil. Uh, but it's smart though. Get, to get take in, the locker get in room next spot? to DJ. Get get that locker next to DJ. Like that's that's and next to Shep, who's like essentially a wide receiver coach. So and you know, I, so so what do you think Jones? What do you think Jones's reaction to that is? Well, someone was going to take it. Bro. That's what happens after cut. No, days. no, not only not only take his number, but take the locker. I, I think Dan, I think Daniel Jones is like, bro, you trying too hard. That's not Sills's number. Let's be real, though. It is the lock. I take more. I take more of a <laughs> more of a reaction to him taking the locker than I do actually the number. <laughs> Somebody was going to take that locker. So, oh, yeah. It, if anyone should have done it, it actually should have been hired because there had to be a joke where it's like, "Bro, that we we ain't even done digging the grave yet." Yeah, but that's cut down day every year. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I would. Darian Beavers joke. was cut back yeah. on the practice squad. Now I will say the re- the reaction to this wasn't bad as it would have been a few months ago, but Justin he looked really bad in preseason. And yeah. this is a guy who's never played a game in the NFL. Like, so people compare Darren Beavers to Ryan Connolly, and I I strongly disagree with that. Like, Ryan Connolly was one drafted two rounds higher, which is a much higher investment. Played good in in football games and football games in the NFL. Ryan Connolly played good. Darren Beavers played decent in a one preseason game, and a game that Austin Colitro and Micah McFadden also played well in. And we saw him in camp and and preseason. He looked slow and bad, and he already wasn't a great athlete. He didn't have all this high upside. He was tw- you know twenty four years old coming out of the draft. He was their last draft pick out of ten picks, and the idea was like, oh, this guy's going to come in and be a surefire good starter. So it, I did think he'd make the team, but I'm him being cut did not surprise me at all. Now I do think there's some talent there where I'm glad he's back on the practice squad. But if if Beavers would have started, people would have turned on him I, oh, yeah. I just it would have happened yeah the first draft of a new regime uh, is always going to be paid attention to a little bit more and you know guy wore number zero we got a lot of sacks compiled a lot of stats at cincinnati because he played for 17 years over there so 
and UConn. Um, it's why he played for so long because he transferred. Yeah, so Darian Beavers on the practice squad. Um, if Isaiah, if we don't trade for Isaiah Simmons, I think Darian Beavers makes the makes the fifty three. So let's so let's talk about the interior linebacker room. And you know, this is a fifty three man roster reaction pod too. I am no longer looking at the interior linebacker room as the position group that I'm feeling most worried about. If Bobby Okereke goes down, yes, that changes the entirety of the the entire complexion of the defense. But I'm no longer looking at that with Isaiah Simmons, with Micah McFadden, with Beavers on the practice squad, I guess. Like I'm not feeling like dire about that room anymore. Like there's other positions like corner and swing tackle that I'm feeling dire about with our depth, right? Yeah, swing tackle is the biggest issue. Because interior linebacker, we were talking about a couple months ago that that what like issue number one is the depth in that room, and I'm not necessarily feeling that right now. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's, it, we'll see how McFadden looks in the regular season. Right, preseason props up linebacker play. Why don't you talk to us about SeatGeek and then oh, we'll talk yeah. about Donate. SeatGeek will give you a pay cut on your ticket prices. Sure. Just like Donate Homes took a pay cut, which we'll talk about. Wow. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. Get your tickets for week one Dallas Cowboys versus Giants, Sunday Night Football, September 10th. Get there. Come hang out with us in L16. SeatGeek, I guarantee around section 315, where I sit up in the nosebleeds, first of all, kind of good view. You know, I'm, I'm around like the 25, 30 yard line, so I like looking at the kind of like the whole field from that side angle. I get to all 22 access before anyone else, and I guarantee in my section, it's a green deal. And SeatGeek, they always want to make sure that you are getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buying guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. We've got the hookup for you. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. I'm watching a clip of them asking Joe Shane, like, you share a city and Shane's like, yeah, they were here last year too. like, <laughs> And the year before that. Yeah. It's like we play them every year in the preseason. It's like they're trying, they're begging for Jets headlines. The Jets, I guess, are hot in the street. You know, I guess a few Jets fans would be happy. Oh, they that. are. I mean, they're they're literally the hottest story in the NFL. Darnay Holmes took a pay cut because he had the proven performance escalators that got his contract up to a $2.9 million cap hit. Bad news for anyone that falls into that, like Darius Slayton did last year. You only have $200,000 in dead cap, which screams, if you're a borderline player, it screams either cut me or force me to take a pay cut. He does do that. I mean, technically, Justin, he's the first starting, he's the number one nickel corner on the depth chart. Obviously, Adore, right now, it looks like that's going to happen. But Dornay is your first one. I still look at the I I you know Fabian Rowe didn't show up right away for the Giants last year. I, I think they're going to try and work to add some type of nickel corner in there because you just don't feel good about anybody. Like hopefully Flott's a better game player than he is a, a practice player and stuff. But that didn't show up in the preseason games. He's dealing with a little bit of injury that's got him banged up. So I I I, I I'm happy that Donay Holmes took a pay cut because I'd rather have him on the team than Amani Rore, who's uh was put on the practice squad. 
But it's again, like you said, it's another position where the depth is is not looking good. I mean, the depth the depth is forcing us to change Adore Jackson's position. Yeah, who's the best corner on the team, and the and the lack of depth and the lack of anybody at slot corner is also forcing us to start two rookie corners on the outside, which is why I really hope that they do add somebody at nickel corner um, for the season. Because while I am so excited for Trey Hawkins, Deontay Banks is starting no matter what. While I'm so excited for Trey Hawkins. I'm so excited that he's here and he's had a great camp and he's had a great summer. I just don't feel comfortable thrusting him into a starting role where it's like, all right, go and guard Brandon Cooks week one. <laughs> go and guard Michael Gallup week one. Um, it's a it's a tough assignment and it's a tough spot to put, put a very young rookie in. I'd rather have first-round pick Deontay Banks face that. I'd rather have a Dory Jackson face that. Uh, maybe week one is an exception because CeeDee Lamb is in the slot. So, uh, But every a lot of weeks after that, so... It, the yeah. Giants' secondary is in a very uncomfortable spot right now. I wish we had played the Cowboys week two so we could have a more real conversation about Adore and the nickel. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean – I don't even mean to – I'm not, like, hating. Like, I'm – how – name name another – Oh, name. yeah, those are the three corners I want on the field, Justin. I mean, I'm not hating either, but it's like when we do t- face teams that have two – their best two wide receivers on the outside, it's, it's a very – like, what are they going to – there's – you got to do different things defensively than if you had a Dory versus a, top, a number one wide receiver. But you can't sit there and call me a hater and call me, oh, you don't believe in the coaching staff. You, you can't sit there and do that when – look in the mirror and tell your, and ask yourself, are you really comfortable starting two rookie corners on the outside week one against the Cowboys? Re- really look at yourself in the mirror and ask you that. Oh, no, but I'd rather have those <laughs> guys playing than the other, than the alternatives. Right, right, which, which again, it's not – it's not necessarily. It's not a referendum on Banks or Hawkins. It's a referendum on the Giants have not found a way to solidify slot corner. Where yeah, Cordell it sucks Flott, that Hawkins is just like he's he's like a top three corner on this team right now. Where yeah. he was like he was the athlete. And hey, maybe he freaking balls out, dude. And if he does, I'm gonna be the happiest person in the world. Like that draft pick was a sick draft pick. We called it. It's like this dude is like we said. You know, we said it. My favorite line. And the Trey Hawkins evaluation post draft, Justin was, this dude is what everyone says Corey Trice is. You know, Corey Trice was the yep. was the Purdue corner that everybody loved in the draft, despite his film fucking being trash and him losing any time a guy didn't do running a straight line. I was like, this is the guy. This is a guy who's who's big, long, strong, and fast, and can move with anybody, and physical. This is the this is the guy. If he played at a D1 school, he would have been picked in like the third or fourth round or something. So I'm excited for Hawkins, but I also am nervous because rookie corner is hard as hell. Yeah. And he's a six-rounder who's going to have to be thrown in that role. And we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But yep. maybe we get the next Tariq Woolen. That would be cool. I was looking at Twitter and sure. someone someone tweeted at Jordan said, no one gives a shit what the answer to this question is. Wow. And Jordan responded, that's fine. I didn't ask your opinion, but thanks for giving it. You clearly don't understand my job, but if there's a story on the subject, I most certainly need to provide the key figures and opportunity to comment. Which is kind of the point we're saying. I, I, we should mess with Jordan about that. Be like, yeah, that's the point. It's like you guys are trying to write a story about the Giants and the Jets. When there is no story. Yeah, it's just like, hey, Jihad Ward was pissed about a concussion that uh, his teammate got. Yeah. That's the story. And also, this is football. Like, guys talk to each other and guys get mad and. All game long. Yeah. No matter who the opponent is. But I am excited for that game. More for the fans than the players. Um, what else do we got? So practice squad stuff. Did you talk to this? Yeah, you did. Never mind, I'm an idiot. I did. 
So Tommy DeVito supposedly got interest from the Lions and the Patriots, who the Patriots, I don't know what they're doing. They cut Bailey Zappi, brought him back on the practice squad. But he's back. Deshaun Corbin. And now, so this is where keeping Gary Brightwell, who's injured, actually does bother me. Because we lost Deshaun Corbin to the Panthers. He went to the Panthers practice squad. Uh, I'd much rather have Deshaun Corbin on this team than Gary Brightwell, and that's frustrating. But we're talking about the number four running back, so not too much thought on there. What did you think of Darius Rush? Not being claimed. We talked about this with a Patreon before. So the Colts cut Darius Rush, who we always like. He had a bad camp, but it's like we we kind of knew Darius Rush have a bad camp. He's new to the cornerback uh, position. The fact that no team put a claim on him besides the Chiefs, who are last in the claim order, and have a history of taking swings on guys who are pains in the ass, does it? It just makes me think like Rush may have been a pain in the ass to deal yeah. with. Like, not legal, like, issues or stuff like that, but just might have been a pain in the ass. Now, that's just where my head goes, where it's like, well, why did no one claim this guy? Because he did go in the fifth round. Yeah, 31 other teams, and I think even Darius Rush, wasn't he getting more than fifth round hype at the time? Yeah, he was viewed as, like, a third, fourth round guy. Yeah, so, going in the fifth round, number one, 31 other teams are passing on him, and literally the last team was like, ah, why the hell not, we'll claim him, and, you know, like you said, the Chiefs do that anyway, a la Kadarius Toney. Yeah. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Um, yeah, so I, I don't have a major DeAndre Baker. A, ma- a major a major issue with that. Because that's the thing that sucks about the draft process is you do so much work on on draft stuff and draft process and th- the the information that teams value the most, at least it seems like Joe Shane is is being uh, you know, smart and tough and dependable and some of those things a lot of those things you you can't see on film and that's talking to college coaches and actually interviewing them and getting to know them and we don't even have access to that stuff. So you can sit there and say that Darius Rush is the best thing since sliced bread, but you know, we don't really know that. I think that's where I'm gonna try and improve improve my draft coverage next year. So I'm just gonna talk to people that might be in there. Like, what's the deal with this cat? Yeah. It's like with it's Malik huge. Willis. Malik Willis, we talked to people in Detroit, and we're like, was there any rumblings? And they're like, no. It's like, guy couldn't even spit at the plays back. Um, it's like, he's just not able to do this type of stuff. Um, so, practice squad stuff. So, retain guys, Tommy DeVito, Cole Beasley, Darren Beers, O'Shane Zimenez, Timon Fox, Tyree Phillips, Amani Rorier, Deontay Johnson, Ryder Anderson, Jamon Green, Alex Cook. I broke that news. Not a damn reporter credited me. They waited for, uh, for Dable to say it. And then Ryan Jones, the tight end. New additions. Taiwan Jones, uh, who's been in the league for a long time, is kind of the return specialist. He got some running back reps here Isn't or he there. Is he like 35? Yeah, he's old. He's. I mean, I remember playing with him in Madden like 10 years ago. Dennis Houston from the Cowboys. I don't see much there. Tyree Jackson from the Eagles, the tight end, who was a quarterback at Buffalo with the big arm, six foot seven. He can move pretty well. Another guy who doesn't add any blocking prowess, which concerns me a little bit that we only have one guy on this roster who can block a tight end like that actually does concern me i i you know right like we have we have four tight ends that can't block and darren waller lawrence cager tyree jackson and ryan jones that is not good but tyree jackson can move a little bit and then jalen mayfield who came out of the draft a couple years ago out of michigan he's been really bad like his rookie year is one of the worst like guard rookie years of all time Missed all of his second year with injury and then was working out offensive tackle this preseason was really bad. We talked about him in the draft and he was someone who like would fire out of his stance, was physical, worked combos really well, but it's just like there's a lot of sloppiness to his game, played with a high pad level, and it's just never turned into anything. 
in the NFL. Like, it's been really, really... Like, so I was looking for videos just to see some clips of him in preseason. And all the videos on Twitter, when you search Jalen Mayfield, are Falcons fans celebrating, like, him not being on their team anymore. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, so he... I don't think there's anything there. Like, it's been really bad in the team that drafted in the third round gave up on him, but he's just a practice squad player. So, yeah, I mean, out of, out of these practice squad guys, Cole Beasley, to me, is just, he is part of the roster. Beavers, because, you know, you you do still have some hope for him. Tyree Phillips is good to have there. Timon Fox, O'Shane Zimenez. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really no one on this practice squad outside of Beasley where I'm like, and Beavers, where I'm like, you could be a solid contributing NFL player eventually. And Beasley's just like, it's semantics that he's on the practice squad. He's on the roster. Tommy DeVito's back. All that yeah. matters. Yeah, DeVito, DeVito's back. Hopefully he'll be QB2 next year. Yeah, is there any other notes that you had, Justin? I think we That must be everything. cool for him that he was generating some interest from, for some, for, from some other teams. Yeah, I'm excited for him to learn on this coaching. Like, uh, like... I cannot wait to watch him preseason next year and be like, hey, this guy's this guy should be quarterback too. Like I think they should bring in a QB on a minimum, you know, a Mike Glennon type, and let Tommy DeVito battle them. And you guys know my opinion on backup quarterbacks anyways, is you should not be paying a lot of money unless you are a proven Super Bowl contender and you can afford that luxury. Which is kind of why I didn't like the Tyrod Taylor contract in the first place. It's like like we should spend money at positions that we hope guys actually play at. Because if Daniel Jones goes down, we're going to suck. All right, Justin, do you have anything else? No. Uh, what do we have next week as of right now? So as of right now, it could change. We have a mailbag out on Tuesday. I'm going to tweet that out right now. So go find it on the Talking Giants Twitter account. Uh, so we'll have a mailbag. And then uh, Friday is a preview pod, man. Oof. Like it is, it is very exciting. We... We were texting last night, like, you know, the group chat, and it's like, man, we're we're a week away from this damn thing. So very excited for that. Danny King will be back on the show. We'll see you guys then. We appreciate you so much. Training camp's over. Thank you for all the support. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.